Welcome to the Collector's Cast, everybody. It's another fine episode, and uh, we're going to talk about collecting... What are we going to talk about, Mike? Airplanes. Airplanes. And that's something that's close to your heart. I know you're a big plane guy. Yeah, always... You know, I've never had a pilot's license. I've never flown a plane, but always been fascinated with planes from, you know, right from, from the Wright Brothers to the Avro Arrow to planes of, of all the world, all the wars. Yeah. And to, to current, you know, a, a yeah. Strike Eagle or it, It's amazing how fast the technology has grown. When you, Crazy. When you mentioned the Wright Brothers with the first flight, uh, it was only like 60-something years until we were on the moon. So, like, well, yeah. we really ran with it. And oh, to the space shuttle, to to those first uh, stealth fighters that, oh. you know, people thought, you know, people who saw them accidentally thought they were, you know, from outer space because mm-hmm. they the shape of them and they didn't mm-hmm. really have wings. They were kind of like a flying triangle. Yeah. And uh, craziness. Yeah, crazy. Now, I, I know some people in the world must collect actual uh, airplanes. Yeah. Uh, rich guys. Rich guys. But, but you know, but most of us down here on Earth have to collect, you know, aeronautical theme things. And I like toy planes, always have. Yeah. I bet you're a kid with a few model planes hanging oh, from the ceiling on fishing line. Yeah, you know, kids uh, they they love planes, and uh, there's more ways to collect aeronautical stuff that, than actual airplanes. You can collect the stuff, the paraphernalia from the planes. The you know, people wear the uniforms, the captains. People collect like uh, old uh, uh, Delta or American Airlines. You know theme stuff you know there's a lot of different ways we can go but today we're actually going to go down a really cool road with planes and that's the rc flyer planes remote control ones that actually fly around and And, and some of these things clint are not you know this they're not you know uh 24 inches long or whatever some of these are you know Eight feet, nine feet, ten bigger feet. than I, a man. Yeah. Oh and yeah, they're they're, they're quite large. Them around not by by wire yeah. or not by wire, but by radio. Anyway, uh, you know, rather than us surmise what it is, why don't we get an expert out here on remote control airplane flying and, Absolutely. and ask him some questions? Yeah, I'm looking forward to this Me too. We're going to be right back with Mr. Blake Pentecost, all the way live from Vancouver Island. He's going to talk about flying planes. We'll see you in a few minutes. See you soon. And welcome back to the Collector's Cast, everybody. Hey, Mike, we're here with our guest, Blake Pentecost. Hey, Blake. Say hi to Blake. Hey, Blake. Hey, Blake, how you doing? You're, you're good. Our, how are you guys doing? Good. You're looking good. Good, yes. Oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we brought you on because uh, we we needed a, an airplane expert, and we couldn't find anyone, so then we thought of you. Yeah. And uh, No, I mean, yeah, hey, yeah. You're, you're an aficionado of all things aeronautical, are you not? I have uh, been immersed in them for most of my life, yes. Yes, a big big fan of all things flying, pretty much. And uh, how many how many model planes or, or remote control? Do you prefer a term? Is there model planes or RC planes or what do you call them? Or just planes? Uh, I call them RC RC planes. Okay. Well, how many RC planes do you currently have in the fleet? Uh, flyable uh, nine. Oh, geez, just nine. <laughs> just nine. Oh, but, but that's only well, flyable. Down, well, flyable. I have. Um, five others that aren't okay present. i've t- taken the radio gear out of them so they're just sitting on the shelf yeah but they still and look good one, oh they look great but i'm also starting another i've just finished this monster here oh and starting a new one what what so, is that behind you there what tell us 
That is a P40 Warhawk. Oh, there you go. Very cool. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's got the colors. You can tell. Hey, hey, Blake, I want to ask you this because I, you know, planes. Isn't that really something that like all of us uh, as young boys and teenagers and we all like? I've always looked at planes. I've never I've never flown a plane, but it's always something like just that catches my imagination, right? Whether it's uh, watching old war movies on TV or as as a kid, I remember seeing uh, going to the movie theater in Porcupine Plain, Saskatchewan, and watching the Battle of Britain, and seeing the planes, right, and like just seeing how how cool they looked, and right from whether it was a war plane or a, or a DC three or a, a float plane, just uh, something that seems You're to hooked. catch our yeah, just hooks you in, doesn't it? Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, when I was much younger and had hair color. Uh, <laughs> Whites are color. You, you, tinkered with, you tinkered with motors, right? I had, yeah. We had cars. Yes. Uh, before you had cars, before you got a driver's license, we all had the the planes that were on the on the strings, remote yeah. view yeah. control. Clocks. Yeah, I mean, that's where, that's where I started when I was nine, is we had the local park, some older boys had combat planes, and we watched them, you know, kill each other, basically, yeah. with these planes. And you're hooked because... It was even with modest means. I worked at a gas station when I was young. I could buy a twenty-dollar motor and go flying. Right? And um, these were the tether planes you're talking back in the day. Yeah, the tether. Yeah, the, the two strings up and down. Uh, yeah. You get dizzy after about four minutes, and uh, but it's a lot of fun. And if it hits the ground, oh well. Were those the ones, the Mike? Were those the ones? Excuse me. Were those the ones that you and your brother used to put Dad's moonshine in yes, when you ran we, out of the fuel they came with? Yeah, we had we had the ones made by the company Cox. Yes. Yeah, yeah. and and, and they'll, they'll run on moonshine. Yeah, and and the thing was, Blake, is that we lived in Porcupine Plain, Saskatchewan. It was three hours to to Saskatoon, where you could actually go to a model store and get that uh, yeah. uh, fuel, right? So we were out of fuel. And my dad said, just wait, I have an idea. So he went and got some of this <laughs> moonshine. And it was, you know, the, the, the running on the, uh, on the fuel that it came with, it would be like, Arr. and then when you yeah. put the mu- the moonshine in it, it was like, <laughs> he had like, he had like three times the RPM. Yeah, it was great, though. We modified a couple of the engines when I was a kid. The uh, kid that lived across the street from me, that, from me that I hung out with, he was never happy with anything, whether it was a car, a motorcycle, a model plane, or whatever. So he'd take the Cox engines and he'd make them super high performance. They'd last about four minutes, but man, did they go. <laughs> I, I think ours didn't last too long on the moonshine either. So, so now back to no. these modern big beasts you fly. What are we looking at for, uh, for, for what kind of engines are they running now? Are they, they must be bigger, better, faster, more powerful? Yeah, basically, um, they're going through the same evolution that automobiles are going through is that internal combustion engines are kind of fading. Ah. Um, noise bylaws and the, the cost of the fuel for the planes is about $40 a gallon now. Wow. So, so there's a lot of people are... Yeah, maybe I'll go on to something else. But there's uh, jet turbines that run on Jet A. Um, wow. You have the Cox engines, like they're called uh, nitromethane. And they're still around. Nitromethane. two-stroke and four-stroke. And then they have gasoline, small gas engines, basically the same weed eaters 
same same idea. Gotcha. And uh, electric. And uh, yeah, that's been electric. a new thing I've heard of uh, electric powered uh, RC planes. Yeah. But, well, all my planes are electric. I went electric twenty years ago. Oh, did you? Back then, back then that was an adventure, going electric. Now wow. it's. Um, I've got quarter scale planes that are electric. You know, they're massive. So you're you're kind of a pioneer on that aspect, though. You went early. You went, well, you went into it early. You went in early. You made I went the into it early. A uh, guy I worked with in the day, he said, oh, it's the, it's the best thing. So I sold all my lovely little uh, four-stroke engines. They look like mini Harley-Davidson engines. Yep, I love so them. Cute. I love them. And uh, But the problem was they, they would shake a plane apart in two years. You know, you're, every couple of years you're replacing a plane. Wow. Um, between the oil and the, and the vibration. So I've got planes now that are 20 years old and they're just fine. But uh, this one is electric. Uh, the motor in it is, I did calculation quickly in my head, about three horsepower. Oh, okay. Um, that's a, that's that a lot a of horsepower. Yeah, it's a lot of horsepower. That's about a 16-inch prop. You wouldn't want to put your fingers anywhere near it when it goes. I bet. Um, I've got it uh, set up to do scale speed, which is about 80 kilometers an hour, roughly. Wow. Flat out. That's fast enough. The one behind it, the Jets. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. that. Yeah, that's the fastest plane I've got. It, it pretty much scares me. Um, we haven't put a radar gun on it yet, but I'm going to guess 200. Wow. 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 How do you even control um, something like that while it's flying that fast? Well, Jets are fun, but they're basically, you're just trying to keep them in the air. Whereas the slower the plane, the more you can do with it, uh, right? It's like riding a motorcycle slowly, you can go through the course, but if you're going faster in a straight line. Yep. Um, so that one, basically from, if you take it all the way out to where it gets really, really small on one side, turn around and go past yourself, you've got mm -hmm. about four seconds. <laughs> wow. wow. So, so it's coming in, you go one, two, three, four. Now you got to think of something to do with it or it's gone. <laughs> So you basically go high up on one end, come down, go across the runway, and then go high up on the other end, slow down. And basically, you're, you're just doing a few loops and that, and then you got to try and somehow land it. And, and then ballpark, because ballpark only, but what's a plane like that worth roughly? Everything the jet, the, the, the jet that you one? got that you get to watch for four oh, seconds. Um, the body was 600? Okay. And the motor and everything, um, like what what would have told? Oh, in in the in the air. Yeah. Uh, a couple thousand. Okay, so oh. a couple thousand dollars, so, and if you're not right on it, you're gonna lose it. <laughs> could you could could you point that at a at a Chinese spy balloon? <laughs> shoot down a spy well, balloon. Yeah. It'll go through, but it is it's carbon fiber and fiberglass. It's very strong. But the, this is the second one I've had. The oh. first one destroyed itself when it's made the flight. Oh, that hurts. How? Sorry, to, I to didn't catch it. What happened to it, the, the first one? The first one had a radio failure. Uh, it was I took off, and it was going around, and it was shaking, uh -huh. and something was wrong with the servo. So I just tried, was trying to bring it in, and it basically piled over into the ground and oh. hit a rock and wow. exploded. So I got one pilot, a wheel, and... A couple of servos out of the whole deal. Nah. Well, I, I have a question for you. Sure. How how close to a drone 
are one of these, like a yeah. military drone or surveillance drone. How, how close um, to that are these are these things that you have? These planes. Well, these are uh, basically uh, in model airplanes. They're sort of the bottom of the rung. Is that you? You have to have it within visual. I see. Okay? Yeah. The next step up, which you can do. I mean, you can modify anything. Um, you can do what you call a first person view, where you put the goggles on and you put a camera in the cockpit and this you can is fly what it I, remotely. This is what I was going to ask you. So are you still, are most uh, RC flyers still typically just standing on the ground watching it in the air live? They're not going into it with a camera now, like you're talking about? or? Uh, well, in, in our club, there's a couple of guys that do what's called first person view. It, it, it's a novelty. Mm. Um, there's a lot of issues around invading airspace of airplanes like real airplanes oh yeah so uh you're trying to keep it close to you it's fun it is um but beyond that you're talking drone is a radio way more powerful than i have um because mine would probably do i would say two kilometers yeah i was going to say at a certain point you must lose contact with it yeah they're not very powerful I mean, they are powerful for within, within your range, but if you're trying to send something off to maybe 10 miles away, say, you would need a really strong transmitter mm. um, and a receiver that could act on its own when you weren't controlling it, yeah. right? Yeah. So if it could hit by a gust of wind, the plane could write itself. Yeah. So when you first begin flying these, is it similar to, like, I have a, a few friends that have their private pilot's license, and apparently, it's easy to take off. The landing is the tricky part. <laughs> is that the same with these? <laughs> well, uh, I've done both. Um, flying RC models is infinitely harder than flying the real thing. Really? Um, wow. It, wow. Just it just is. Because you're, you're sitting in a cockpit, um, and the same as if you're driving an RC car, it's easier to drive a car than to drive an RC car around the track. Like yes. Yeah. Right to left and coming towards you, the controls are reversed. Yeah. Oh, so that, that's a really um, good perspective. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. There's a couple of guys in our club that are pilots and they go, you know, commercial pilots and they go, no, this is way harder. Wow. Uh, yeah. But landing is, landing is awful. It, it really is. <laughs> and expensive. <laughs> it, yeah. It, it, you know, um, I call it unscheduled landings when they hit the ground kind of harder than they're supposed to. Um, unscheduled. That's the thing with, with these, uh, World War II planes is they typically don't fly well. Um, cause they're human designed versus new computers. New planes are computer designed. Ah. Um, so the old, the old, uh, tiny tail, big engine plane works really, really good in the air. But when you try and land them, they, uh, uh, they require a lot of speed and a lot of runway mm. to uh, get them on the ground. And, and, and winding and back even... Oh, sorry, I was just going to say, winding think... back even further in time, uh, you know I have that big uh, Red Baron triplane hanging from my ceiling, and you once told me, don't, yeah, ever, try to to don't ever try to fly that, no. you'll destroy it. So I, I'm assuming that the older you get, the more primitive the technology or the, the aerodynamics, and just the more difficult a beast it would be to control then, right? Well, especially when you're dealing with scale, because scale planes uh, are designed to work with scale air molecules. And this is how it was explained to me by a, an engineer, because I was saying, well, why do they fly so bad? Well, yeah, well yeah. they're designed to be, this one's designed to be 37 feet uh, wingspan, but the air molecules will hold it up when it's full size. Then when you scale it down, 
it doesn't work the same. Yeah, no, no uh, kidding. So That's a great analogy. Slow it down. They, they like these ones. Uh, this is my fourth warhawk in my 52 years of doing this. Uh, the other three do not exist. <laughs> I've never sold one. <laughs> they just disintegrate. <laughs> um, but uh, they are tough. Like they take the entire runway to take off, the entire runway to land, and it's just sometimes a little squirrely. Don't ask me why I built another one. I don't know. So it, but, it, uh, it's it's definitely a hobby and a an activity where you have to put you have to put a lot into it. Like there's a lot, there's probably a pretty steep learning curve. You yeah. wouldn't do something like this right out of the gate. There's just no way. I see. Yeah. You know, this, this is this is uh, uh, next week. It'll be ten years. This thing. Wow. Uh, on and off, other things have gotten in the way. Yeah. But I mean, you can just go to an online hobby shop and buy a box. It comes to your house. It takes like ten hours to put the entire thing together. If that, wow. some of them are as much as twenty minutes, and then you go flying. Okay, so well, ah, we're getting low on time. Like, and this is really crazy interesting. And I, I just one thing that I would want to at some point get into flying an RC plane. I've always wanted one. So um, now I have the right connection to uh, point me in the right direction. Any Any advice advice? for somebody silly enough to want to get into this hobby? Uh, Yes. Well, you guys are in Chilliwack, right? Yes. Yes. Um, There's a couple of RC clubs in Chilliwack. I would talk to them. Oh, okay. They probably have a plane you can use. Oh. uh, The trainer plane and uh, get you all set up and going. And then uh, um, if you like it, then you can go to one of the websites and you can order whatever plane you want for a beginner. Don't be, um, don't go for something you can't handle because it'll just end up with a pile of parts. Yeah. Um, that's that's they, cool. I did not you know. know. To... I didn't know RC clubs would do that, would, would help people get involved. Oh, yeah. in, I guess why not? That way you grow the sport for yeah. sure. Yeah. Good Our advice. club here in Parksville has uh, two planes and uh, separate transmitters that are joined. So the instructor has one transmitter that's joined to the student. Ah. So they teach you, teach you how to fly. And once you're competent, then they start helping you to get your first plane so that, you know, you, you, you don't lose um, basically confidence and walk away from the hobby. Ah, they, yeah. they, they get up and flying and then uh, have some fun. Excellent. Well, are you going to do that now? Sure. They get they get you to they get you to sign the liability waiver, and then they hand you the yeah. hand you the control. <laughs> I think that's cool though that they got a second one. It's like a driving instructor yeah. car, so you could just yeah. grab the wheel in case they get a little kooky. Oh, no, right? I, I'm definitely going to try it. Excellent. Yep. Well, you know what? Uh, we, we would love to talk some more with you, and maybe we will one day. Uh, is there anything else other than planes you collect? I'll ask you that last question, or is it just oh, planes okay. and aeronautical? Oh, no, planes are, I have uh, basically four active hobbies and a couple of dormant ones, but collecting, uh, I've got hockey memorabilia, tons of it, hockey, and, uh, okay. and concert t-shirts, and uh, Ooh, what else have I got collection? Ticket stubs. Yeah. you got an awesome mm-hmm. collection of ticket stubs, don't you? I did, they were stolen. 
Oh, that's right. You had the big binder. Man, this guy had yes, ticket stubs from big binder Led Zeppelin to Yes to you name any old band, and he oh, was wow. there. That's too bad. You're an interesting guy, Blake. I'm sorry it was just about playing stuff. <laughs> we will, we, maybe if we do a rock and roll episode, yeah, we could get him back or something yeah. like that. Anyway, we oh, so so appreciate you doing this, and uh, hey, man, uh, thank you very much. This has been Blake, the expert on RC plane flying. Thanks a lot, Blake. All right, man. We'll Take talk care. To you again. No Take okay. care. Talk Take to care, you soon. And we're back. Hey, Blake is a fun guy to talk to. Well, I could talk to Blake for hours. That was just fantastic. You know, actually, is- actually, I'll tell. I'll let the viewership and the listenership in on something here. After we went to commercial break, we had to wait for the computer to do some upload thing, and Blake was still on the line with us. And you guys, I swear, you guys almost ran off and started a bromance the way yeah. you guys were talking <laughs> no, about planes there after the fact. Oh, his, some of his knowledge of stuff. You know, and let's face it, Clint. There's no guys around that. I can go and talk to about flying a, a Spitfire in the in the Second World War. You know, there's those guys are are sadly all gone, but there's guys like Blake who have talked to guys like that. Well, I MI guarantee system. you, he sat yeah. around and talked to a lot of old pilots and got and, their stories and knows and not only their stories but a lot of technical information of of how those planes were to fly and what oh, you know yeah. what it was like to fly them people and, listening should have heard yeah. these guys you guys talking and you know what what do you think the germans had over the american oh p1895 <laughs> blah 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 all these numbers and letters yeah and it was, that was were, a lot of fun yeah one, yeah one interesting fact i did know what was it the spitfire engine at the start of world war ii was how many horsepower it was 1300 horsepower at the start of world war ii and by the end they'd pumped it up to 2700 2700 horsepower yeah that's technology you know it's funny when there's a war on they they can always move things a lot faster and i i do know uh from reading some of my uh books and information on this on the uh, second world war is that there was a couple of incidents where uh spitfires shot down the germans new uh jet jet fighter oh okay wow um, uh, anyway, uh, we've kind of talked planes quite a bit here. I know we haven't really scratched the surface on where we go. You know what I forgot to ask Blake is is if he's ever flown any of those. I've seen them. I know they exist. The giant 747 RCs. You ever see those? Oh, yeah. They look like yeah. real uh, jet airliners, passenger jets. I'm sure he has. Oh, he's or he's seen <laughs> them or knows about them, definitely. Well, something to get him back about. Anyway, uh, it brings us to the point in the program where we do that, uh, our new thing, show us your stuff. Yes, show us and, your uh, stuff. So we're going to rely on Uta, the, uh, the uh, what was she, the editor, Aiden, or the what was she, editor, yeah, that's the proper term. Sorry, him and I, we ain't in the movie business, we don't know all the terminology. But, I, but she, she could she, be the, the editor wizard. Wizard, because yeah. she does this. Watch yeah. this. She's going to make a picture up here. Boom, there it is. Thanks, Utah. It's uh, a picture, another picture from Rick Stewart's Steampunk Basement. We, we went back for another look at another picture, and uh, because there's just so much to see. Last show, we had a, a shot of a different area of his basement, and this one shows, uh, not surprisingly, my old uh, Indian uh, motorcycle reproduction, which uh, Rick is enjoying right now. But as we talked about in our auction episode, I believe, uh i'm looking at buying his collection i'm looking at possibly doing a deal to buy that whole sting punk museum bring it back and sell it and click the collector auctions i know it's a wacky wacky 
idea, but that would bring the Indian motorcycle back into my possession, at least temporarily. It's all on a big wheel. It's all it goes around. <laughs> it does. It all comes back eventually. Uh, and, you know, even though we're doing a flying episode, I noticed up in the corner uh, there's a uh, Zeppelin like the one we have in the shop here. Yeah. So, yeah, Rick's into flying too. So, yeah, that's show us your stuff. You want to keep showing us your stuff. Uh, pl- we want you to show us your stuff, and you want to send it to feedback at the collector's cast. Send us pictures of what you collect, and we will get it up here on the screen with magic. I, I just want to add, it doesn't have to be like your collection or something. Like that. If you come across something, you just pick one thing, and that, and it's now it's yours. Yeah. Show us what you got. Show us yeah. what you picked or what you found in a thrift store or whatever. We want to yeah. see. We originally actually asked for individual items. Yeah. We said, show us your latest find. And then we started getting all these group photos of big collections. So yeah. either so way is fine, really. Show yeah. us whatever just you got. Show us what you want to show us, and we'll have a look. But don't show us your junk, because that's a different address to send to. Anyway, show <laughs> us your stuff. Uh, before we close the show, I believe we've got a little trivia, and I believe it is you, sir, the airplane aficionado of us two. Of course. Uh, that's going to ask a question. So I am completely unaware. Let's uh, go. All right. I had mentioned that at some point in the Second World War, uh, Spitfire had shot down a German uh, jet fighter. Yep. When was, did the first jet plane fly that actually flew? What year? So it was obviously that German jet, right? Oh, he's giving me one of these. Well, that was the 40s. See, I think of jets being like right around 1950 because the Korean War had them. There was jet fighters in the Korean War. Okay, but we already know that yeah, in okay, 45, but, but the, the, the Germans Spitfire. had one. So there was a jet airplane before that. So it's obviously experimental. Uh, I don't think they knew, they couldn't have known about it for more. I'm going to just throw a wacky number. Let's go 1935. Uh, okay, you're wrong. Okay, well, of course I'm wrong. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> so listen, a young German physicist, Hans von Ohan, worked for Ernst Heinkel. Heinkel, I think is how the Germans said it. Heinkel, yeah. Yeah, specializing in advanced engines. And he developed the world's first jet plane, the experimental Henkel was the HE-178, and it first flew on August 27th, 1939. Wow. So I was in the right... You were in the right... Years you were off. in the ballpark there, but pal. the 30s, yeah. there was already a jet, a flying 1939. jet in the yeah. 30s. Same year Wizard of Oz came out, just so you know, and Gone with the Wind. <laughs> I don't know what that's got to do with airplanes. <laughs> Nothing. Because those planes... Because Blake said, if you fly that expensive jet too fast and you let it get away, it's in gone f- with the wind. Four In four seconds. Four yeah. seconds so you lose it. You, you, wanna have, you don't want to have a short attention span when flying that thing. Jeez. Yeah. You it's know, expensive. Like some of the, uh, the big expensive collectibles I have, that wheel. Yeah, you could... But don't spin it too fast or it'll fly away and you'll never see it again. Yes. Well, <laughs> Who would collect such things? <laughs> anyway, it was a lot of fun talking about airplanes today. I think we're uh, kind of beat the subject to death a little bit. And uh, Before oh, we go, please. I just want to mention this. We are looking for someone who is collecting trains. Yes. There we, must be a real train wizard out there. I mean, th- we yeah. know a few guys that sort of know them, but we want a real good train person. So if you that's you, feedback at the collector's cast. Get a hold of us and say, and we, I'm a train guy, and I would like we to We want to have guest. you on the show. We want to have you on the show, and we want to look at some of your wares. So there you go. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Yes. All right. This has been the collector's cast. He's been Mike. I've been Clint. 
We've had fun. Take care. See you again, folks.